Hello, beautiful. Welcome back to the Self-Care Keto Podcast. I am your host, Jess, and I'm bringing you a magical experience to help you release the weight from your body and from your soul. And I am so happy and so grateful to be recording this podcast today because this podcast is honestly my favorite, my second favorite right underneath having incredible one-on-one conversations with my clients and potential clients. I love the one-on-one connection of not being wide, right? But going deep, you know, it's not wide. I'm just talking to one person. The reach isn't wide, but the reach is very deep. But here on the podcast, I still get to go pretty deep with you guys, but my reach is a lot wider. I get to talk to so many of you at once. And although it is a one-way conversation, I am so grateful for the fact that you're listening and that you feel helped by this podcast because I'm on a mission and I'm just so grateful that that it's working, right? You're here, you're listening, you're being helped, you're being served. Um, those of you who reach out and tell me that you're listening, oh my God, thank you. It just blows me away every time. I am, you know, just so beyond floored when somebody's like, I've been binging your podcast. And I'm like, what? What in the world? It's just an incredible feeling that you're here listening and you're listening to this, you know, long form content. You know, it's more than just watching one reel on Instagram, but you're giving me your attention for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, sometimes a full hour long episode. And I'm just so grateful. And I feel connected with you, even if we haven't even spoken yet. Um, but let's do that. You know, reach out to me. I, uh, if you're not following me yet on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn, you can find me there. I'm at the Keto Fit, all one word. I'm on TikTok now too. Uh, and I'm uh, self-care keto there, all one word. So thanks for being here. And it's actually been about six weeks since I've recorded a live episode. Um, over the last six weeks, I've been sharing with you guys an emotional eating series that was um, some pre-recorded Instagram lives, and I hope that you've enjoyed them. It's definitely a relatable time of year. I mean, emotional eating is relatable all year long, am I right? But especially during the holidays when stress seems to be at an all-time high, um, and just time stress, there's so much to do, uh, financial stress, there's so much to pay for, um, family stress, we're just around people so much more, we feel triggered so much more often, um, it's the time for thinking about boundaries, <laughs> and honestly, grief as well. Um, I know that I'm not the only one that's lost somebody that I love, and it feels really heightened at this time of year. And so there's definitely a lot going on. I hope that you've enjoyed the emotional eating series, that you've got a lot of value out of it. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, go back and listen. It's the last six episodes. And then also I wanted to remind you guys that I have a free emotional eating class that I would love to hook you up with. So make sure that you grab the link in the show notes or press pause right now and go over to bit.ly slash meeting my own needs. And it's a completely free class on how to reduce your emotional eating by meeting the real unmet needs behind it, where food is just playing a cheap substitute, right? So the reason that it's been about six weeks since I've recorded a live episode is because um, about a month ago, I got back from Portugal. I took a trip to Portugal to do a psilocybin retreat. So if you're not familiar with psilocybin, it is magic mushrooms. It's a psychedelic. And the intention for me of going into that was to rewire my brain 
something that I'm really passionate about doing with all of you, with all of my clients. We are on a journey of trying to rewire our brain by releasing the beliefs that we know are not serving us and trying to take on new beliefs that we are consciously choosing that are going to serve us, that are helpful, so that our outward behavior is not just willpowering and white-knuckling through something that we don't really believe. When we do that, we can find temporary external results, right? If we modify our behavior, if we change our behavior, we will get a different result. You can apply this with weight loss. You can apply this with anything in your life. And that's true. But why are we not able to do it long-term? Why are we not able to stick with the behavioral change that we're trying so hard to do? We lose our motivation and inevitably we fall back into line with our ingrained beliefs. And these beliefs have been hardwired hardwired into us um, since before an age where we even consented to it, right? Since childhood, Um, it's been the air that we have breathed. Um, Beliefs that are not serving to us, beliefs that um, really are lies about what we believe we need to do and show up as in this world in order to get our needs met, in order to feel loved, in order to feel valuable, in order to feel safe. Um, and we all have them, right? And so certainly this is the work that I do with my weight loss clients is getting to the root of the beliefs about food and weight and body image that are actually causing the self-sabotage, that are causing us to, you know, so many of you, I talk to you and you say, I know what to do, <laughs> right? It's not a shortage of the right information or the right strategy to actually lose weight. If you think about it, weight loss is actually just math, isn't it? But it's, it's really not that simple. It's, it's holistic. It's what are, the, what are the mindset things that are getting in our way, preventing us? What's the obstacle that is preventing us from actually doing the thing that we know will work, right? That, that's the thing. And so that's the mindset work that I, that I do with my clients. Rewiring our brains essentially is what coaching is all about. And it can be done. Our brains are able to be updated, right? It's called neuroplasticity. Our brains are plastic, changeable, moldable, updatable. Thank God, right? Um, but sometimes it's a slow process. And the amazing thing about psilocybin and other psychedelics, they've been shown to really facilitate and accelerate neuroplasticity. And that's what I went into it with. And my goodness, it was so much more amazing and such a gift, so much more than I could have expected. And I will share more about it at some point on an episode in the new year, because it has been absolutely life-changing for me. And what I try to do and love to do is share all of the resources that I have learned up till this point that has helped me to heal. And I share it with you and try to make it accessible and enjoyable, right? <laughs> because, uh, and enjoyable is so, so, so important because if we don't enjoy the process, we're just not going to freaking do it, right? And for very good reason. So today, I'm titling this episode, Holiday Weight Loss Rest Stop Reminders. And this is based on basically an analogy that I shared in a previous episode, episode 103, which is called The Scenic Route to Weight Loss. Imagining your weight loss journey like a long road trip, right? And making the case that sometimes it is actually more important to prioritize enjoyment 
of the journey over efficiency of the journey. And if you've ever taken a road trip and made a planned rest stop, you know the whole point of that is to enjoy the journey a little bit more, right? And what does it cost you? You could make the case that it costs you some time, that you lose time, that you lose ground, right? And so a lot of people don't plan in any rest stops. But then the trip is not as enjoyable, right? They would say it's more efficient though, right? But is it? Because a lot of times, um, you'll have, please go listen to the episode. Um, but a lot of times we try to make the decision that is going to be more efficient. But if you wind up being miserable trying to be so efficient, you will stop doing it. And that's the, the most inefficient thing that you could possibly do <laughs> is literally to give up, isn't it? Because then you're never going to get there, right? Um, or you know, you're going to get yourself stuck in this cycle of starting and stopping and starting and stopping. And the reason why you're stopping is actually for a very good reason, which is for the fact that it's not enjoyable, right? And whenever you have that resistance inside of you, please value it. That's a very intelligent resistance inside of you. Hmm. So holiday weight loss rest stop reminders, Um, meaning you're on a weight loss journey, right? Maybe you haven't even started yet, but that's part of it. You're in the planning phase. Who knows? But you're on a weight loss journey and it's the holidays. So I don't know what you celebrate, when you celebrate, who you celebrate with, but chances are at this time of year, there is a lot going on and we tend to get frustrated, right? We tend to kind of freak out. We tend, we tend to get kind of that time scarcity thing about um, it's the end of the year, December 31st is coming, and I thought I would be at blank spot by now, and I'm not there. Uh, maybe you're close to it. Maybe you're nowhere near it. And there's a lot of judgment and a lot of frustration and a lot of striving and clinging <laughs> and scheming of maybe ways that you could still get there or still get as close to it as possible, right? But it's all coming out of this scarcity and this deficit place inside of you. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe you've just completely given up. (laughs) You're done. You're done with the striving. You're done with the scheming. But having given up actually feels like a relief somewhat when you first make that decision, right? But now you just feel like you're punishing yourself. You feel like you've completely abandoned yourself. Um, and that's not actually a rest stop, is it? Um, that's like having turned around in the opposite direction. (laughs) Now you're driving in the opposite direction as your goal. Yeah. So tis the season, isn't it? For feeling that way, feeling that kind of pressure. And so reminder number one for the holiday weight loss rest stop reminders is about time. And I would say to you that time is not running out. And that's just a story. And that's just an illusion. It's just a belief that you could, it's optional. You could believe it or you could choose to believe something different, something that's more helpful, right? So time, Albert Einstein said, time is an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. (laughs) And we tend to have this belief about time, that time is finite and it's like it's, it's we've been given a certain amount of it and now every day that we live time is running out and that's just one way to look at it but what if we looked at it differently what if we looked at it as actually adding up behind us 
and how might that change our experience? There would never be a feeling of time running out. It would, it would be not a scarcity mindset, but an abundance mindset. No, I'm not losing. I'm never losing time. I'm only just collecting more of it, right? Every day that is given to you is a gift. And the only ones that you can accurately measure are the ones that you've lived so far because you don't even know how many are left, right? And so what if you looked at time as adding up behind you? Then you would look at everything as momentum behind you instead of a fear of what's to come. You would celebrate everything that already has been instead of fearing what, what is to come or what you might be losing, right? And so we've got this deadline of December 31st coming up or we've got this deadline of December 25th or whatever day that you're going to see all the people in your life. And we're putting so much pressure on this one day of maybe we're going to see everybody that we haven't seen in a really long time. And we feel this pressure of our body is going to be inspected and evaluated um, and judged by other people, right? And so when we believe that, we tend to go into one of two camps where we're like, okay, there's still some time and I could still gain some ground here and I could still lose X number of pounds in the next X number of days. And I just need to really, really, really restrict and that's going to be what I'm going to do to make it happen so that I can kind of relieve myself of that fear and I can earn my worthiness um, and, and be up to snuff with people evaluating me and inspecting my body on this day. And I know that we don't actually say this out loud, but if this is ringing true for you, just think about, man, how sad that is and how screwed up that is, you know, that that's actually our motivation right now. Yeah. And if we believe that, you know, maybe you're falling into the camp of the restriction, right? And maybe you're falling into the camp of it's pointless. There's no way I can get anywhere close to where I want to be. And so I just give up. I just give up. And now I'm eating all the things. I'm eating all the things. And now I'm actually losing ground. I'm making it worse. I am punishing myself Literally, I'm shaming myself, I'm punishing myself, and I'm making, I'm making it way worse, digging a way deeper hole for myself to not only feel horrible on that day, but to feel horrible every single day leading up to it, and then all the days after it, and so on and so forth. First of all, that doesn't have to be our mindset about this day. We are really baking up this big story, aren't we? about how other people care so much about how we look. <laughs> Most of the time, people don't give a shit. They are focused on themselves. They're thinking the same thing as you. They're worried that you're going to be judging their body, right? Or they're not thinking about it at all because they've got a million other things that they're thinking about. Most of the time, nobody's thinking about us, right? But maybe, maybe you actually do have some people that have literally said out loud to you body comments and you know for sure that other people are going to be thinking about your body and evaluating your body and so on and so forth. But what we're doing is we're making our entire weight loss journey about this one day and almost about this one performance and about this one inspection. And we're really making it about pleasing other people, aren't we? And that just feels awful, right? It's like your whole life and your body and everything that you're doing is existing for someone else instead of for you, 
So if you're there right now, I just want to remind you that this is about so much more than just that one day. This is about, hopefully, right? That's why you're listening to this podcast, Self-Care Keto. It's about taking great care of yourself every single day through what you eat and through really everything in your life, right? Through meeting your own needs is what self-care is really all about. And it's about creating a life that you love. This is your life. It's for you. You're meant to like it. You're meant to like everything about it. Even this weight loss journey is meant to be enjoyed because the reason you're doing it is to enjoy your life even more, isn't it? It's to give you more energy, uh, more confidence, meaning self-trust, right? Um, And just to amplify the passion and the purpose of your life. It's not about looking a certain way for anybody else. And so I know you know that, but that's why this episode is called Reminders. (laughs) Holiday weight loss, rest stop reminders. So that's reminder number one, is that time is not running out. Time is adding up behind you. And I am of a Christian roots. Uh, I grew up in church. Actually, at one point, my husband and I were pastors. It feels like a different lifetime. Um, but one of the things that I learned that I thought might be interesting to share is about how in other languages, there are actually other words, more than one word for time, right? There's more than one word for love in different languages. But in, in um, English, you know, oftentimes our language creates our reality and, and we can be really constrained by our language sometimes. And so in the Bible, in the Greek, um, which the New Testament was written in, um, there's two different words for time. And one of them is chronos, which is a quantitative way of measuring time, like talking about like minutes and hours. And when we say time is running out or time is adding up, that's what we're talking about, chronos, like chronological time. But there's actually another Greek word for time, which is called kairos. And this word more refers to moments, seasons, uh, the qualitative nature of time. It's like when we say, we had a nice time, or um, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times, you know, like um, it's, it's an indeterminate um, chronological amount of time, but it's a significant period of time. It means something to you. It stands out to you. It holds, it holds meaning um, it, like an opportune moment, right? And it's Christmas time right? Or it's, it's winter time or it's holiday time. So when we say that, we're not just talking about the one day of Christmas day, but we're saying it's the season. It's the Kairos of holiday time, right? And this is a time when, what do you imagine it to be? Like, what do you want it to look like? What do you value about Christmas time or about this holiday time? And you have this imagined thing in your mind that you look forward to all year long. And then it's probably falling short right now for many people, right? And then we grieve that and we feel frustrated by that and so on and so forth. But we're the ones who get to create that. It's not happening to you. You get to create it. What kind of time, Kairos time, do you want to be having right now? And so we 
there's this part of us, this very good part of us inside that is telling us like, this is a bunch of bullshit. Like, you know that this is not the kind of time that you want to be having of just, man, I remember this every single time, like every single, every single year around this time, um, before I started my self-care weight loss journey back in 2013, the end of the year, I would be, oh my God, punishing myself, eating all the things in full-blown give up mode. But also I'd be in like full-blown fantasy mode of every time I'm with other people, it's a holiday event or a family get together or whatever it is. And I would be time traveling. Like I would not really even be present. I would be eating a bunch of shit on that day But in my mind, I would be fantasizing about January 1st coming and how once that happens, I'm going to just lose a bunch of weight and I'm going to be so healthy and I'm going to finally pursue all of my goals and I'm going to finally look cute in the outfits that I'm wearing instead of feeling how I feel in this outfit today. And I would be totally dissociated from my body and from the present moment. I would not really be present with the people that I loved. I was off in la-la land in my head. And... Gosh, that's the opposite of the time that we envision Christmas time or these holiday times to be. We want to be fully present with the people that we love. And we think that by giving up on mm, self-care entirely when it comes to eating and just abandoning all goals, that that would feel like a relief and that that would actually allow us to be present with the people that we love. But is that working? No, that doesn't that doesn't work. It actually makes it way worse. You're you're even less present because you feel so out of alignment in this moment that you're in fantasy land about the time when you will be in alignment with who you want to be. And gosh, I've been there and I know how hard that is. So kind of by falling into one of these two camps of restricting versus giving up, when we give up and we abandon ourselves and we say well, in order for me to enjoy myself, I have to give up and I have to abandon myself. And in order for me to kind of be present with the people that I love and with my kids and, you know, be a good mom and actually enjoy it and have fun and have, you know, intimacy over food and things like that, that I have to abandon myself in order for other people to get what they need from me, for my kids to get what they need from me, for the people that I love to get what they need from me, whatever it might be. We are just underpinning or highlighting or reinforcing this belief that we have to be a martyr and that self-care equals selfishness and really this black and white, all or nothing mentality. We are highlighting it, underlining it, putting exclamation points all over it and saying that that's what we believe. Um, Again, we're not saying it out loud, but our behavior is illustrating that that's what we believe to be true. I have to abandon myself right now at this at this time of year in order to enjoy myself at this time of year. And literally the opposite is true. And you're, and a lot of you are living it right in this moment, right? And gosh, I, I'm just sending you love in this moment because I remember how awful that feels. So time is not running out. Try to zoom out. Remember that time is not only chronological, but it's a period or a season. And what do you want this season to look like? And it does not have to mean abandoning yourself in order to enjoy yourself. When you're on a rest stop of your road trip, it's to enjoy yourself. And 
we're prioritizing enjoyment over efficiency. And by doing that, we actually create more efficiency in getting towards our goal because we've just refreshed ourselves. And so essentially I'm suggesting to you right now that it's okay for this time of year to not look like either A, restricting everything that you can right now to try to make up for one day, um, whether you're trying to look a certain way on that day or whether you're freaking out about what you're going to eat on that day and how it all needs to balance out so that you don't gain any weight and so on and so forth, that it doesn't have to be either of those things. It doesn't have to be giving up and it doesn't have to be restriction, but it could actually be a rest stop, meaning just a break where you're not gaining ground and you're not losing ground, but you're maintaining ground and that that is actually success that you could still practice self-care through what you're eating. And we'll get into this a little bit as we're going through the episode here, but it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be black or white. You can still take good care of yourself and enjoy yourself during this season. So time's not running out. Time's adding up behind you. And time is a season. It's this special moment, this time of year, this opportune moment for you to connect more deeply with the people that you love and all of the things that you imagine for this time to be. And either abandoning yourself or restricting yourself is actually going to prevent you from being able to do just that thing. The more that you actually practice self-care and feel in alignment already, you've made a decision. This is what I want this to look like. This is how I want to take good care of myself during this time. And then you're doing that. That allows you to relax into and fully be present and actually fully enjoy the time even more, which is what you want, which is what I want for you. That's what we all want. And it's possible. Reminder number two, update your food boundaries for what serves you right now. Permission to update your food boundaries. So food boundaries, This is a callback to episode 89. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that yet, it's called how to set up your food boundaries. And I like to use the word boundaries instead of the word restriction. Remember, our language creates our reality. And so a food boundary is the opposite of a food restriction. A food restriction is this external rule from some type of external authority. Maybe it's your doctor. Maybe it's the quote-unquote blank diet, the keto diet, the South Beach diet, the Atkins diet, the Weight Watchers uh, diet, whatever it happens to be, that it comes along with its own set of rules because it's some type of external authority that we have propped up in our lives (laughs) as the right way to do something or the effective way to do something. And so we are surrendering our own will to this external authority and submitting our own will um, and our own intuition and saying, Um, If I want to find success, then I have to follow these rules. I have to follow these restrictions. And a boundary is actually quite the opposite. Um, It's not imposed on you from the outside. It is something that you have chosen from the inside out to amplify your own safety in your life and your own pleasure in your life. So, you know, we talk about boundaries a lot of times. You might think about like boundaries in relationships with toxic people. You know, this is good that we've been talking about boundaries in the, you know, common vernacular a lot more. So I'm sure that I'm using the word boundary and you're not like WTF is a boundary. Like you understand (laughs) what a boundary is. Um, But to think about setting up boundaries with yourself 
with food um, might be something that's brand new, right? Because you've never actually created them for yourself. You've never actually asked yourself, hmm, what would be the Jess diet or the Mary diet or, you know, the Wanda diet, like wh- whatever your name is, you know, fill in the blank. But creating your own personalized diet, and by that I mean way of eating, not rules, um, but boundaries. You've created them for yourself, and it's based on your personal experience. It's tailored to you of what you know. You have the wisdom inside of you. You know what works for you, and you know what doesn't work for you. You know what foods make you feel safe and make you feel good, good. When you eat them, make you feel energized when you eat them. And you know what foods make you feel like garbage. You know what foods you're sensitive to. You know what foods put you on the toilet or bloat you. (laughs) You know what foods light your brain on fire and make it feel nearly impossible to resist eating another one or another 12, right? You know these things about yourself. And so what if you created boundaries that actually served you? And so please go back and listen to that episode if you haven't yet. It's Again, it's episode 89. But the most important thing about that episode is that, and I think we forget this, and I've been reminding my clients of it during this season, is that it's meant to be updated. You're not meant to just set up a boundary once and then live by that boundary forever because you change and life changes and situations change and circumstances change and the whole nature of it um, is to break out of that all or nothing mentality and a really fun activity in it is to kind of create your own food dartboard. Meaning, yeah, you definitely have a bullseye, right? The the thing that you're optimally aiming for, but you still get points for landing in the two circles outside of that. It's still success, right? And so I call that the sometimes circle and the rarely circle, right? But you kind of have predetermined ahead of time, like, yeah, I mean, tortilla chips might not be in my bullseye. Um, like Christmas cookies might not be in my bullseye, but um, maybe they're in my rarely circle. And so what time of year is it? Yeah, it is It is Christmas time. It is the rarely moment that I have already planned for. And it's actually success for me to do what I said I was going to do and to enjoy the hell out of it and then to just move along and to not make it mean any crazy stories that are optional, right? And so I'm not going to do that to myself. I'm going to enjoy it, do what I said I was going to do. And by the way, um, I know that there's a lot of people listening right now that are like, no, that doesn't work for me. I, I can't just moderate something. Good. You do you, right? Some, it's true. I have whole episodes about different personality types, abstainers versus moderators, so on and so forth. This is why they're your food boundaries. I'm not suggesting that everybody should put Christmas cookies on their food boundary dartboard. They're not on mine, to be honest. You know, There are other things that are on mine. Um, but for you, maybe that food is not safe and therefore it doesn't belong inside your food boundaries because your, your boundaries are meant to keep you safe. Safety first and also pleasure, right? And we can't have true pleasure without feeling safe. Our pleasure is limited if we feel unsafe. And just remember that, that your food boundaries are yours. So by no means am I sitting on here saying everything in moderation, you should just be able to eat intuitively and, you know, blah, blah. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you get to decide what works for you based on your personality, based on your body, based on your blood sugar, based on your metabolism, based on your... Um, propensity for addiction based on, you know, everything that is individualized to you. It's literally the opposite of somebody from the outside who's an expert authority figure telling you this is how to do it right, or this is what should work for you or should work for everybody. No, that type of mindset is implying that there's something right out there and that you are wrong if you don't fit into it. That's bullshit. That's the opposite of what I'm saying. 
There's no such thing as one right thing for everybody. You are what's right for you. Your wisdom is what's right for you. And if you want to be inspired by keto or be inspired by intuitive eating or be inspired by Weight Watchers or be inspired by blah, 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 good. Be inspired by all those things and compile what is actually going to work for you. And update your food boundaries again and again and again, asking, is this serving me in this season? And so maybe during Christmas time or holiday time, um, your food boundaries, uh, you, you make a new dartboard is what I'm suggesting. Make a new dartboard. If you're feeling out of alignment, if you're feeling like this dartboard isn't working for me, these boundaries aren't working for me at the moment. Like I literally just want to be doing something different than what I said I was going to be doing. Oh my God, do it. You have full permission. This is your life. And the thing that will make you feel successful and enjoyable is that you did what you said you were going to do. It's only that you feel like a failure if you didn't do what you said you were going to do. So is the thing that you said you were going to do something you even want to be doing right now? And full permission to change your mind again and again and again and again. And to pivot. (laughs) It always reminds me of that episode with Ross um, and the couch on Friends, you know, yelling, pivot. But pivot. Meaning life is long to everything. There is a season, right? Maybe right now is the time that you want to have a rest stop in your weight loss journey. And so therefore your food boundaries are going to look different when the goal is maintaining for the next two weeks than if the goal is losing weight for the next two weeks, right? And you just have permission to let it be okay to be on a rest stop right now, to let it be okay to maintain. It doesn't mean that we're driving in the opposite direction and losing ground and that we've abandoned ourselves. It's just meaning that we're living in alignment with our values and something else is more important to me at this particular moment than weight loss. Good, good. That's a wonderful. I actually look at that probably as more mentally healthy (laughs) than just being obsessed and saying weight loss always has to be priority number one every single day, 365 days a year, no excuses, blah, 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 blah. You know? So update your food boundaries for what's serving you right now. Again, if you want to get the details on how to create that food dartboard for yourself so that you can actually make one for the next two weeks and then make another one that starts January 1st, whatever. That's episode 89. Okay. Reminder number three, treat yourself with the love and care that you give to your kids or to whoever else in your life that you love the way that parents love their kids, right? So treat yourself with the same love and care that you give to the other people in your life. And if you are a parent, I'm saying your kids, because it's very relatable um, to think about how you address it when it comes to food with your kids, right? A lot of us are depriving ourselves. We're restricting ourselves. We are fasting, you know, extended periods of time or whatever, all in this, again, just like striving and scheming. And, you know, I, oh, I know what that feels like. And I've been there. And if you're in the thick of that right now, I'm talking to you. Would you ever tell your kid, you ate too much yesterday, so you don't get to eat today? I'm serious. Think about that. You would never, ever, ever, ever tell your kid, you ate too much yesterday, so you don't get to eat today. Wouldn't that be so heartbreaking to think about a parent saying that to their child? I'm like, I could cry. And that's what you're doing to yourself. No, no, that's not love. That's not love. That's not, that's not caring for yourself. If you're doing that, oh, it can change right now. 
With your kids, you care about them getting their nutritional needs met every day. Yeah? And, you know, to the extent that you know about what that means, right? I'm not saying you have to be an expert or whatever. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But to, to the knowledge base that you have about what it means to take good care of your kids through what they eat, for the most part, you are dialed into that. You know, you're going to make sure that your kid is hopefully getting enough protein, getting fruits and vegetables, you know, all the things that we, that we know we're supposed to do for our kids. And at this time of year, it's a special time of year. And yes, there's sugar everywhere, isn't there? So with my daughter, I'm not telling her, no, no sugar. Sugar's horrible for you. Yada, yada, yada. Like I'm telling her protein first and then yeah, have some sugar after that. One sugary item (laughs) per meal, you know, like one piece of candy. She's got the little candies in her advent calendar and, you know, things like that. There's lots of special desserts this time of year. If we go on a cruise, they're just everywhere, right? And so, you know, again, adjusting. We don't do this every, every day of the year. I've adjusted my daughter's food boundaries that I'm responsible for for this time of year. And so, yeah, there's a lot more to enjoy. I don't want her to feel left out. I don't want her to feel deprived. And at the same time, I'm not going to say all the sugar and abandon all the other stuff. I'm not going to be like, protein doesn't matter this time of year. No, it matters every day of the year. And, you know, I'm still making sure she gets all of her nutritional needs met every day. And on top of that, yes, she can have a sugary item after she's had some protein because protein buffers the blood sugar response. And also she's had, you know, her fruits and vegetables and all the things. So it's, it's yes and, right? It's not no, it's yes and after you have your protein. And let's try to burn some of this energy off right afterwards. So there's an episode, episode 100, Succeed Without Keto, where I go into so much more detail about this on how, no, you don't have to be doing keto this time of year. You don't have to be doing anything dear God, but following your own food boundaries, ideally. And so this is part of the the food boundaries that I have for myself and with my daughter. It is, you know, timing around things like eating your food in an order that serves you. Did you know that if you ate the protein first and the croissant second, that you would have a totally different blood sugar response than if you ate the croissant first and the protein second? No, I mean, I don't blame you. Not a lot of people know that, but it's pretty incredible and it's true. So little things that you can do to help um, take care of yourself. It's almost like when you know you're gonna go out for a night of drinking, like to have like a before care plan and an after care plan of like, I'm gonna make sure that I eat before I go so that I'm not drinking on an empty stomach. And then I'm gonna take extra electrolytes and I'm gonna take tooth Tylenol before I go to bed. And I'm gonna have a glass of water by my bed for when I wake up in the morning. Like <laughs> You're gonna have like this little before care plan and after care plan for yourself. And you can do the same thing with food, right? So yes, I'm gonna go to this holiday party and I'm going to be intentional about what I eat. Oh my gosh. If you haven't gotten the holiday guide yet, make sure that you do. Cause I go into all of this, um, strategy about self-care around the holidays. So it's at bit.ly slash self-care keto holiday. But, you know, going into an event like that, if you don't know what's going to be served, you know, this is what I would do. I would make sure that I eat enough protein beforehand. I would make sure so that I'm not going hungry. Um, And then when I get there, I would make a sample plate, meaning take a little bit of each thing so that I can taste it and see what's actually worth it to me to eat more of. And also I would consume some apple cider vinegar before I go because that blunts the blood sugar response. And I would just enjoy 
whatever it is that was actually worth it to me to go grab a little bit extra of after tasting like one bite of it, right? Because you, you know you're going to feel bad if you take like a huge scoop of macaroni and cheese, but then it turns out to be totally not worth it. And, you know, then somebody who made the macaroni and cheese is sitting there thinking, why are they not eating more of my macaroni and cheese? So then you eat it, even though you don't want to eat it because you don't want to hurt anybody else's feelings. <laughs> the sample plate method is a good, a good thing to do with that. So yeah. And then, you know, eat the thing. You've got your protein. You're, you're doing yes and with yourself. You've already met your nutritional needs for the day. And now you're enjoying a little bit extra and you've prepared ahead of time. You've got your before care plan. You've got your after care plan. Hopefully you can go take, take a 10 minute walk. Even a 10 minute walk reduces your blood sugar by 17%. Go outside. Some people take a smoke break. Go take a walk break. You know, Walk around the corner. Ask a friend to join you. Have a meaningful conversation and just go for a walk together. The cold is good for you too. And so you could totally turn that into self-care and still enjoy the heck out of yourself. So treat yourself with the same love and care that you would give to your kids or to somebody else that you love when it comes to giving yourself, instead of taking for yourself, pleasure with food. So again, you can listen to episode 100 that's called Succeed Without Keto for just a bunch of tips on how to, again, not be perfect, but not abandon yourself, right? Okay. What is that? What one is that? That's, that was number three. Yeah. So the first one is time's not running out. Number two is update your food boundaries for what's serving you right now. Number three is treat yourself with the same love and care you'd give to your kids. Okay, number four, remember that all parts of you are good and assume that you have very good reasons for everything that you are doing right now. If you just feel like you just cannot, (laughs) you just cannot right now with trying to lose weight, okay, Good. Whatever part of you is speaking up and saying no, let's assume that she has a very good reason. Whenever you are resisting following a certain strategy or going after a certain goal, I want you to assume that that is a very intelligent resistance inside of you. You're not at war with yourself. This is not the bitchy, self-sabotaging part of you that you just need to tell her to, you know, get the hell out of here and hate her and whatever. No, you're not at war with yourself. All parts of you are good. Every single voice inside of you that is speaking up has a very good point if you would just listen. And so I want you to imagine that maybe all the voices are all your kids And your job is to be a good parent and have a nice family meeting and try to validate all of their concerns, right? Or maybe that doesn't, if that doesn't work for you, imagine that you're the CEO of all of your voices and that you're trying to initiate some new goal at work and you're the boss and, you know, people are tend to be down on what they're not up on and everybody, you know, the guy from accounting has a different concern than the lady in marketing and, you know, Everybody has a different perspective, right? Because there's different parts of you and they're focused on different needs being met, right? And so a lot of times, whatever it is that they're speaking up about is a very important unmet need or a fear of an unmet need that is worth listening to. They'll make a really good point. The guy from accounting is making a really good point. (laughs) You know, the lady from marketing is making a really good point and it doesn't mean that we need to, um, we, we won't necessarily please all of them, but we can listen and validate every single one of them and to be like, oh my gosh, thank you. You've made a really good point. I promise 
the fear that you have going on here about maybe I'm not going to get enough pleasure in my life. I'm not going to get enough relaxation in my life. I'm not going to get enough safety in my life. Whatever it is, you're bringing up a really good point. I know that this food or this behavior or whatever has been fulfilling that role for you. And I'm still going to make sure that you get that need met in another way. You know, a lot of times it's like, well, if I don't eat the food that everybody else is eating this time of year, then I'm not going to feel connected. I'm not going to feel the intimacy and the love and belonging that I'm craving with people. And if we listen to that voice and say, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Of course, we connect with other people through food, so on and so forth. We could, it depends on what your food boundaries are. You could remind yourself, I don't connect with people through food. I connect with people through my presence, through asking great uh, questions, through expressing myself through words, telling them how much I love them, maybe through physical touch, maybe through the gifts that I'm giving, whatever, that I'm still going to be connected with these people. Or if your food boundaries work for you to say, yeah, I really enjoy connecting with with, with people through sharing a dish together. So it's yes and. Yes, I'm going to have my protein first and my apple cider vinegar, and I'm going to eat this thing, and I'm going to invite them to go on a walk afterwards, right? So it depends. But the point is that you have a very good reason. Very good reason. All parts of you are good. So I have an episode that you can go listen to called Good Reasons to be Inconsistent, and that's episode 97 if you want to learn more about exploring those different parts of yourself and listening and validating and meeting all those needs. Okay. That was number four? Yeah. Okay. Number five. Number five is we don't have enough pleasure in our lives. (laughs) The problem is not that we have too much pleasure or that we want too much pleasure. It's that we actually don't have enough pleasure and we don't even want enough pleasure. What I'm suggesting is that you want more pleasure, more pleasure than just what food can offer to you. Yeah. That's what you've been settling for. Because what we wind up doing is we are living a life that we don't love. We're living a life that we hate. We're living a life that is designed to please other people. That you exist as some, you know, best friend in somebody else's story. Oh my gosh, have you seen the movie The Holiday? My favorite movie, one of my favorite movies of all time, but my favorite Christmas movie, The Holiday, Kate Winslet, Jack Black, Oh my gosh. So Kate Winslet, you know, in that scene with the the old man, Arthur, and, you know, he was in, in cinema all of his life and she's telling her sob story about unrequited love and she's in love with this guy and has absolutely no boundaries with him and just keeps, you know, uh, abandoning herself, right? Having no boundaries and feeling like just shit. And, you know, Arthur says to her, you know, in the, in the movies, we have the best friend and we have the leading lady. And I can tell you're the leading lady, but for some reason you're behaving like the best friend. And she's like, yes, you're supposed to be the leading lady of your own life. That was brilliant, Arthur. You know, I've been in therapy for three years and no one has ever explained something to me in that way. That was brilliant, brutal, but brilliant, right? I love that. I love that. You are the leading lady of your own life. And the whole point of self-care is to design a life that you love, that you don't need to numb out from with food. 
a life that you not just love, a life that you like. I want you to like your life. We're supposed to like our lives. That's the whole point. It's supposed to be enjoyable. We're supposed to like it. And, you know, that doesn't mean that we like every single moment, right? But there's enough things in our lives that are giving us pleasure. We've designed our lives in a way to give ourselves pleasure. And if we don't set our life up in such a way that we give ourselves many moments, many times, and many different forms of pleasure, then what we will do is we will take it for ourselves. And usually that comes through emotional eating because that's just the most accessible thing. And we do this at the end of a long, tired day, every single day, and we do it. We're not even really truly enjoying the pleasure of that because it's just playing a cheap substitute. And man, the pleasure runs out quickly, doesn't it? And so it's not that we have too much pleasure in our lives and that's why we're overweight. No, it's that we don't have enough pleasure in our lives and we're forcing food to play this role of so much more than it was ever meant to play. Yes, food is meant to be enjoyable. I want you to like food. I just want you to like everything else too. I want you to like your life so that you're giving yourself pleasure in all forms, in all forms, right? And if you don't even know where to start with that, oh my goodness, please sign up for my free class called Meeting Your Unmet Needs. And again, that's that's how to reduce your emotional eating is by actually meeting the real unmet needs behind it. And I'm gonna give you kind of a life inventory of of the needs that we all have as humans. And another way even to look at the needs is to look at pleasures because we're getting pleasure from all of these needs in our life. It feels pleasurable to feel safe in your life and in your body. It feels pleasurable to have good food and a warm place to sleep at night and a comfy bed. And it feels pleasurable to do meaningful work. And it feels pleasurable to have um, love and belonging relationships where you feel understood and you feel seen for who you truly are. And it feels pleasurable to, you know, have some type of transcendence in your life, you know, some higher purpose, right? Some meaning that you are getting out of your life. And so these are pleasures in life, but these are also needs. And what I'm saying is your needs, (laughs) pleasure is a need, right? It's a need. And if you don't give it to yourself, then you will take it for yourself. So remember this time of year too is meant to be pleasurable. And we've kind of already talked about that with some of these other points. Okay. Number six is you are not stuck. So many people that I'm talking to right now, they just say, I'm stuck. I'm just in such a stuck place. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm stuck. Oh man, the first thing that I would encourage you is to try not to say I am anything, but I feel. I am is, again, it's like a language thing, right? In other languages, people don't say I am sick. They would say like, I have sickness, right? And how different that is. Like when you translate it literally, right? From like Spanish or a different language, right? You don't say I am this. You say, you don't say I am sad. You say I have sadness. Like, and how powerful that is just to think about how other languages express themselves. But here we are literally identifying ourselves with a feeling or a condition and saying that you are that thing. You are not. First of all, you're not, you are not stuck. Um, and even to have the feeling of being stuck, right? So at least switch that and say, I feel stuck instead of I am stuck. But I know at, t- at times you feel like you're stuck. But the only reason why you feel that way is because of the story that you're telling yourself, right? It's the belief that you're holding in that moment. Why are you stuck and somebody else isn't stuck, right? Why does it have to be that way? It doesn't have to be that way. You're not stuck. 
at every moment you have autonomy. I mean, there are situations in which people are literally being like held against their will and being abused, right? I, I understand that those exist, but hopefully that's not you. Usually that's the rarity. It's usually just a story that we're telling ourselves. It's like how I talked about time being a story, right? Time and schedule. This is an illusion. It's a prison that's locked from the inside. You can change it by thinking about it differently. And dear God, I'm not saying that I'm perfect at this. All the, That's probably one of my biggest hangups is the time scarcity thing, right? But you are not stuck. You are the leading lady of your life. And I have a whole episode about that, episode 101. You're the leading lady of your life. You are writing the story of your life. You're the one holding the pen, right? But instead, we're letting somebody else write the story for us, our mom, our sister, our spouse, our boss, right? We're letting somebody else write the story and we're just an accessory. We're just the best friend. We're just a character in somebody else's story. No, not anymore. You're the leading lady of your life and you're not stuck. In any given moment, you have the ability to choose. You have the ability to decide. You have the ability to act. And you can prove that to yourself by making something small, a small shift, a small baby step. And then that's how you build self-trust, self-confidence is by doing what you said you were going to do. So please, the thing that you're deciding that you're going to do, make it something (laughs) that's realistic and that is actually serving you in this moment. Yeah, today might not be the day to overhaul your entire life on December 19th if you're listening to this episode today. And maybe it will make more sense to make some of those other incremental changes a few weeks from now, right? Sure, certainly, timing is everything, right? There's, there's a lot of wisdom sometimes in timing, but that doesn't mean you are stuck until then. It doesn't mean you can do nothing between now and then. That's just black or white thinking, all or nothing thinking, and it's a bunch of bullshit, right? So you're not stuck. And then the last one, number seven, is that January 1st isn't magic. It's just an arbitrary date on the calendar, right? What's magic is the energy that you bring to January 1st. It's the belief in yourself that you bring to January 1st. It's the hope, the anticipation, the turning of a new page. That is a story and it's a good story, but it's a story that you don't have to wait until January 1st to tell yourself. You can tell yourself a new story today on the random day of December 19th again, or whatever day that you're listening to this. You know, I started eating keto and my whole life changed three weeks before Thanksgiving. Certainly many other people would have thought to themselves, what's the point? There's only three weeks until whatever, or you might as well wait until January or whatever things that we tell ourselves. And I'm not saying I was some superhero to, you know, decide to do that on that day. Honestly, I just got so sick of my own bullshit. And, you know, I know a lot of you are there right now, right? You can tell yourself a different story today. You can bring that magical energy of hope. You can generate that inside of you. And honestly, it, it, it is all imagination and it's all pretend. So if you want to imagine that tomorrow is January 1st, go freaking do that. Generate the same feelings that you know you're going to feel on January 1st and just close your eyes, put your hand on your heart, put your other hand on your belly, take a deep breath, come home to yourself, generate that feeling, time travel forward feel all the feelings of how it feels on January 1st and then open your eyes and go behave today like it is January 1st. You're, you're the magic. One of my favorite people right now to, to learn from is Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he says, you are the placebo. 
right? The placebo effect is real. We've proven it scientifically that belief is literally all that's required to change somebody's life. It's not the pill that they're taking. It's a sugar pill. It's a fake pill, right? But they're experiencing real changes inside of their body based on belief. It's you. You're the placebo. Your belief is the magic, not January 1st. All right. Those seven reminders are holiday weight loss rest stop reminders. If you're on a rest stop right now, gosh, the whole point of the rest stop is to enjoy it and to make the trip that much more enjoyable. And I promise you, if you lean into it with the right mindset that we've been kind of talking through, it actually does make the journey even more efficient because you're not going to give up because it's not um, something that's miserable, something where you're punishing yourself and hating yourself through it. You're actually loving yourself through it. So you're going to stick with that, you know? If you're, if you're not yet following me on social media, you know, please do. I already mentioned that in the beginning, but I'm at the Keto Fit um, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Facebook. I'm self-care keto over on TikTok, which is new for me. Um, and if, if you are loving all of this stuff and you're like, I want to give myself the Christmas gift of investing in myself and starting to work through some of these mindset issues, I have a self-coaching course. And what I mean by that is like you're coaching yourself, you know, not, not working with me one-on-one, but you're coaching yourself using the resources that I use with my one-on-one clients. And this online course is called the Self-Care Keto Mindset Masterclass. And we work through so many issues, emotional eating, um, self-sabotage, making peace with all of those internal voices, um, understanding your personality type, how you are hardwired, setting up your unique food boundaries, um, coming up with a future vision for yourself. What are you really going for? Making peace with your past um, and just giving yourself credit for all that you've been through and even recognizing the ways that your patterns with food have served you and have been valuable and adaptive for you. Oh my gosh, it's it's a wonderful journey. And if you would like to give yourself that Christmas gift, you can get that course over at theketofit.com slash mindset. And I'm also taking new one-on-one coaching clients. If you'd like to work together, I'd love to do a free curiosity call with you. And you can put in a request form for that over at theketofit.com. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope that you have the best holiday season, the best holiday Kairos with the people that you love over the next few weeks. And I'll be back with you guys next week.